One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One Aslan ring to rule them all. Lion. One the ring to lion. find them. The great lion. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass. The wheel of time turns and ages come and Books from Earth, a podcast. Relive your favorite books of fantasy, sci-fi, and apocalyptic stories. Yes, there are lots of spoilers. The spoiling is constant. Yes, there can be adult content. We are adults making content. Spoilers, adult content, books from Earth. Time to relive a favorite book. Welcome to the Books of Earth podcast, episode 8, featuring the first Star Wars novel, Heir to the Empire, by Timothy Zahn. All the forces with this one from a galaxy far, far away. The epic triangle of heroes, Luke, Leia, and Han. A Wookiee. Some droids. The Falcon. This book invokes all that is Star Wars, and today we try to... No. No, that's not right. Do or not do. There is no try. And today we do relive Heir to the Empire with Episode 8 of Books from Earth. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by my fellow Books from Earth podcasters, Lou. Hey, guys. Maureen. Hi, everybody. And Jack. May the force be with you. First, <laughs> let's go back and revisit what this book is about. It is five years after the return of the Jedi. The Empire has fallen. Darth Vader and the Emperor have been defeated. And the, and the Rebel Alliance has destroyed the Death Star. Luke is now a Jedi Master. And Leah and Han Solo are married and expecting twins who are strong in the Force. The Rebel Alliance has formed a new, very fragile government called the New Republic, to which Leah, Han, and Luke all shoulder the burdens of keeping, keeping it together. Meanwhile, the remnants of the Empire stirs. Grand Admiral Thrawn, one of the last of the Emperor's warlords, has taken control of the Imperial fleet. Grand Admiral Thrawn is a, is a highly intelligent and strategic and plans an attack on the New Republic with the aid of his captain, Jillard Pallion, and a new undiscovered race called the Nogri. He enlists the help, he enlists the help of a dark Jedi master, long thought dead, sets his chain of events to ensnare Luke and Leah's twins. As the events unfold, Luke encounters the smuggler Talon Card and the hateful Mara Jade, who was the Emperor's hand, and is captured and is a captured guest. Meanwhile, Leia and Han split up, and Leia is taken to Chewbacca's homeland for protection from the strange Nogari that are hunting her and her twins. Luke escapes and is chased by Mara Jade through Enchanted Forest. Even Lando Calrissian is ensnared by Thrawn, and his mole miners disappear. Welcome to the first book in what is now Star Wars Legends. Thank you, Lou. There's so much you set up there. So much. This book really felt like it just took Star Wars, like you said, Return of the Jedi, and just brought Star Wars right back to us. It, there's a five-year gap, but it felt like nothing. Like, we're right back in the Millennium Falcon. We're right back with all, the, all these characters. And here we are. We're reliving. We're continuing the story of Star Wars. 
I think that was one of the things that pleased me the most. It was like Zahn was so true to all of the characters and their originality. Like everything that came out of Han's mouth was something that Han would say. Everything that came out of Leia's mouth was something that she would say. I had, and I have it in my notes, I had this bizarre moment where it's like, it is so odd to be reading all of these names because I am so intimately familiar with these characters already, but I am just seeing them for the first time. It was bizarre. Yeah, it was interesting because reading a book, we hear their thoughts. And in the movies, we don't hear their thoughts. And so I loved it when they would go into their thoughts and their thoughts were their, their thoughts were so ordinary and human and regular. And in the movie, all we see is this sort of amazing personalities and archetypes in each character. And I loved it when Zahn went behind the personality into just what their thoughts were. And it's like, oh, I'm just I'm just hanging out with an ordinary person who's kind of thinking about things and considering what's going on and all that kind of stuff. So, Lou, break it down for me. This is I, I know the movies and I know the order of the movies and I we're going to get into movie the movies as we talk i never watched the cartoon clone wars and i've never until you introduced this book to us i never read star wars because i felt intimidated by it because there's so many books and i know that there's some books within the canon some not in the canon this is a part of the canon it's after return of the jedi but before the most recent tranche of movies excluding Rogue One and and the Han Solo movie, which are earlier in time. Do we have some of these characters in other places? Like, are they also in Han Solo? Are they also in the episodes one, two, and three? Are they also in Clone Wars? Break it down for us and connect some threads. I am not going to even to pretend that (laughs) I am like a Star Wars guru. Now, you have to understand, I read these books, I started reading these books probably in 1999, and I've read them all until, you know, I've read them for like 10 years. So this book, now, this was before the movies, and I think before um, he sold uh, it to Disney, right? For sure. Yep, for Um, sure. And well, and if it this, was if you read them in 1999, it's before even the prequels. Yes, right. So this was like you know, growing up, I was, I was always obsessed with Star Wars. And when I discovered the books, I was like, oh my god! And this was the very first book in this new what they called Star Wars universe at that time, right? Now it's called Star Wars Legends, right? And the movies are now what they call canon, right? That's the canon. It's a different story. For those who've read the books, some of us are very disappointed. <laughs> well, that's... I'm just going to be honest with you, you know. Uh, very Did you go right to Reddit, Lou? <laughs> yes. And that's what I was wondering. Like, like, should this book, should this book have been episode seven? Well. And, you know, could... instead of instead of the episode seven we got, which is a really cool, fun movie. Uh, with Ray hold on, hold and BB-8. And... Oh, oh, you're saying because this would be between Ray and all those. If this would be seven and Ray would be, you know, later. I yes. guess. Or, or this, it. or seven would have been, or this book would have been seven, and there would have been no Ray, no BB-8, no, um, you know, the bad guys. Yes, this book would have been seven, but it, I think seven takes way like after i think it's like maybe 20 years after return of the jedi or 15 years 
after Return more. of the Jedi. Yeah, because the 20, twins are born. 25, yeah, 25. the twins yeah. are born. Well, we don't know who the twins are in, in canon. Yeah, well, we don't we know. know like, we know that the new Darth Vader character, what's his name? Cal. Kylo Ren. Kylo he'd Ren. Nice, the, he'd be nice to my villain. No, I like him. I think he's a good villain. He's a convincing he's got villain. Tough, tough shoes to fill, and I think he's done a good job. Uh, that's we know as Luke and Han's son. Yes. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> or whatever. Some advancement the future. in the future. <laughs> they adopted him. They adopted him. Yeah, yes. Surrogate. You guys are, are surrogate. so. You guys need to be more woke on the gender stuff. Obviously. <laughs> but it's not so much the gender; it's the like the biological impossibility. How, yeah. How? <laughs> I know with two women it can be done, but two men. But hmm. all right, you Gosh. know what I'm saying. Han yes. and Leia. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but if there's a twin, it's not um oh my gosh, what's her name? The young girl. Ray. Because she's Ray. Because no. she's not much Ray. younger than than Kylo than Ren. Kylo yeah. Ren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys are gonna have to help me with names throughout the whole thing. When I pause and you know where I'm going, don't mm-hmm. leave me hanging. Just say the name because I'm okay. I'm struggling. Okay. So Luke, Jack Luke was a Skywalker. I know that. And, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't know if this book should have been episode seven, but it, I guess it could have been squeezed in episode six point five. Uh, I think it would have been wiser to make this um, instead of the uh, the prequels, because the to me, this would have been better served as like a continue, like have this as as episode seven but keep episode seven and make it episode 10 yeah yeah and just i don't just i don't give us a so. bunch of star wars just give us a bunch of star wars with leia i don't think so why do you, I think, why they, don't you think that the, a big difference between the first three books or the first three movies and the prequels in my opinion is great advancements in special effects so special effects gave movie makers the ability to do different types of characters uh, different uh, races of characters and different special effects. But I think that it was also because they had this new toy toy and this new tool, they wanted to use it and be funky and cool and do awesome new stuff. But what made the first three movies episodes four, five and six so awesome was not the special effects. Those were mind-blowing, of course, but the richness of the story, the characters, the archetypes that they played with were so cool. The big reveal and the second, or, you know, in Empire, right? The good guys winning in the end. The 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 way Darth Vader changes, at the you know, he saves the day at the end. That was all just like such cool reveal, so powerful, good plot. And then the first three books, we already know the plot in advance, which is makes it hard to, to, or the first three movies, which makes it hard to be good. But then I felt like they relied on special effects and they tried to outdo what they did in the first set of movies. And I think that's part of its the downfall is I think, yeah, Jar Jar Biggs, the walrus guy, uh, you know, or, you know, the captain guy. I just thought it, they weren't, well, I think that's, yeah, that's exactly it. Like the story was lost in the chase for we can make it bigger and better. 
And, like, it was really neat, like, watching all of the clones line up and get ready for battle. But what's funny about that is it's like the clones that are of droids. They kind of went in the direction of pursuing the technology as opposed to pursuing the story, which is why the prequels, at least for me, like... They weren't as good as the original series. No. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. the prequels were about Darth Vader. They were about Anakin Skywalker and his development in turn and why he became Darth Vader. I mean, that was the main storyline. And the uh, actor who – the actors, there was the boy, and then later on it was um, Christensen. What is his name? Hayden uh, Christensen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a hard time with his acting. Mm-hmm. And that was well, the central character, and I just couldn't – get into his acting and i and i wonder if that was a miscast mm-hmm. yeah and it well and the thing is we're not talking about anything that hasn't been talked about like a million times do you know what i mean we can all talk so about me, how much we yeah. hate jar jar binks right. and everybody out there is gonna uh, go I hate that yes guy. i hate jar jar, I hate yeah. jar, jar. <laughs> so maureen maureen let me get jar back jar? to let me hold on lou let me before we go down jar jar lane so uh, the reason why I don't think this should have been a movie, I think they should have done what they did, which is the first three, four, five, and six, and then um, one, two, and three. You're never going to do as good as four, five, and six. You're just not for people who grew up with it. For people who didn't grow up with it, maybe you could. But then now enough time has passed. Like when they did the uh, episode seven, they basically just – took the best beats from four, five, and six and just ran them back. And I loved it. I was great. I was like, thanks. This is great. (laughs) Uh, Can you do another one? And guess what? They did. And I'm like, yeah, nice. And then they stuck Rogue One in between one, two, and three. You know, it's three and a half. And it was great. I love that too. Rogue One is my favorite. Oh, it was terrific. Yeah, yeah. it was so good. Okay, can we talk Which about Solo? When? Solo? Solo. So, so when does Solo happen? And what's up with the ending, the girl, and and how she plays into – who's her master? A Sith Lord that was from 1, 2, and 3. Oh, so good Solo, call. So Solo had to be like episode two and a half? Solo uh, – you know what? I'm not even going to pretend – Solo would have to come before the prequels because Darth before Maul died the, in the first in in the very first um prequel movie. So then I, this, I love Darth Maul. He was so good. He was great. So, that was I was so disappointed. Villain. I was so disappointed he got axed in the first one. Yeah. So Han Solo is episode point five. Mm-hmm. But we never see that girl again who was central in Han Solo's life, the double crossing woman. Mm-hmm. True. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's just it. We're going to have to leave that as a mystery. <laughs> what order – let's do a quick round here. What order would you recommend someone to watch the movies in? I I have an order. Go. Rogue One. No, no, no. I'm changing it. Episode <laughs> episode four. So hold on. Now, I'm, I'm telling somebody who's never seen mm-hmm. the movie. Never seen it. What never seen the order they're going to watch them in. Mm-hmm. And – that this person is unfamiliar with Star Wars, but they're open-minded and going to be into it. Sure. Okay. So it can't be like that random person who's never, who's like, I don't know. I've never watched Star Wars that you just are like, get out of here. 
but not that person. So they don't know any of the reveals or twists. I go four, five, six, Rogue One, and and then maybe I guess sure Han Solo, and then I go the two movies with Ray, and I don't even show them the prequels. No prequels. Wow. I, I, no. I second no prequels. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, okay. that's my order. And Your if you guy. said you have to show the prequels, I would say okay, fine. I'll go four, five, six, prequel one, prequel two, prequel three, rogue, and then I'm gonna make you rewatch four, five, six, seven, mm. and then go, uh, you know, with the new movies. And the my reason is the it's I am your father. You don't want to mess that up by showing them the prequels before they see Star Wars. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. The big reveal, yeah. you, you would already know. You yeah. would already know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd, I'd I, would have a, I would have a similar thing, but I think I would honestly, I would start with the Han Solo movie, then Rogue One, then do four, five, and six, because what I particularly liked about Rogue One is that it picked up the or it left off the moment episode four picked up, which was so that you could mm, kind of just mm, do a double mm, feature and take like all day Saturday and just like Han Solo movie on Friday night, start Saturday morning with Rogue One, do four, five, six real quick. Then which one, what's the third one? That's, is it going to be the Mandalorian or is that the new TV show that's coming out? Eh, sidetrack. I don't know. Sidetrack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then do the the new trilogy, and I also would not – I wouldn't touch the prequels. Mm. Wow. I guess I would do something similar to that, but I would go ahead and throw in the prequels. Like, why not? Mm. Go ahead and – just go ahead and watch them. Darth Maul is really cool. Uh, watching how the clones came about is really fun, and um, you know, seeing how Darth Vader – became you know came to the dark side was pretty interesting that that lightsaber battle with mace windu and uh the emperor and then uh anakin steps in the way with that that was operatic level stop um, so, reminding me about yeah. things i like from the prequels i so want to them. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you know what and can we just talk about how cool the big fish was like i really like the big fish oh, yeah, there, was, there was some great stuff was... and wait a minute yoda fighting we that was awesome the yoda that fight, was awesome like, that was me? great couldn't wait okay that. so you know what I, i'm never gonna rewatch the prequels but they 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 do have a special place in my heart. It's just way at the bottom. <laughs> I'm not showing them for me. <laughs> okay. I would keep it the same. And the reason why, the way that they've done it, you know, Star Wars, New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, just because when you watch this New Hope, you're introduced to the universe, right? And then when it comes to Return of the Jedi, you they still like unanswered questions right and then they go back to the prequels right and because I, I would introduce them definitely you have to watch the prequels just so you know the story and the background stories you know and i am i'm a i like chronological order i would just i won't i won't even change a thing i like i like what they have i like what the canon universe has done and it's you know and i agree with you jack it's 
they've saved the new ones with the last Star Wars. The last two movies actually saved saved the canon for me, at least. You know, but you know, the Han Solo movie did not get great reviews. I, I did like it. it. I, I, I think love they the were Han wrong Solo. though. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I watched it. From I enjoyed it too. Yeah. So but, uh, my my nit to pick with the Han Solo movies is if I'm Han Solo and I go through that life, okay, you get like this kind of father figure who turns on you. You get a lover from your childhood that you has shaped who you are age five through 23. And then she backstabs you. Aren't you bitter after that? And isn't your bitterness a stronger? Are you are you just a swashbuckler still, or no, are you? I felt like that's exactly who Han Solo is and how exactly. he got to yeah. the place where he was. Like that's how you become that cynical. That's how you become that that seeking so much isolation. That's how you become that like you still have that heart of gold, but you have to protect it at all costs. Like it, it. I thought his backstory was really pertinent to the character that he then becomes in four, five, six, and even seven. All right, all right. I think it'd be more negative, more unhappy, less swashbuckling, more nihilistic. Well, you don't have the giant heart that Han Solo has. Yeah, that's that's what makes Han Solo great. I'm more like I'm more like Darth Vader. (laughs) (laughs) The dark side. What character? What Star Wars character would you want to be if you could be any Star Wars character? It's not Jar Jar Binks. We know that. Definitely not Jar Jar. Any Star Wars character. That's a lot to choose from, Josh. That's a lot to choose from. Well, yeah, but they're you know, all right. Who, who wants all to right. be Ewok? All right. All right. <laughs> I don't think many people choose Ewok. I'll go with Luke of the Return of the Jedi only. Okay. Because he's. <laughs> Because by he's then he's not, he's not innocent. He's mastering his skills. He's not just the doe-eyed boy kissing his sister. He's more filled out as a man and as a warrior. And he hasn't in the later ones. He's got like a darkness to him that that I don't want to embody. But I think he's striking the right balance between. Young, vibrant badass who's tapping into all of his powers, but hasn't gone to the point where he's just a lonely old man. Okay, nice. Nice. Who wants to go next? Maureen? I, I, all right. I think I would I would think I would want to be grumpy Luke Skywalker. If if you may have changed my mind, I want to be Luke Skywalker from from the from the eighth movie. He's so grumpy. I love oh, him. Oh, yeah. He is a grump. <laughs> like, he's cut himself off from the forest. He's just sitting out there, and, and he's just mean to everybody. That's ideal. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, you're here? Okay, go carry something. You know, that's my favorite. Um, and uh, and, and but of course, So you want to be the you want to be the Mr. Miyagi, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, but grumpier. Grumpier than Miyagi. Right. I want to be like that Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. get off my lawn, grumpy. That was great. But then it, at the end, he still shows up and, and like is a killer badass, you know? Mm-hmm. 
yeah. tricks people into fighting him. That'd be cool. Mm. Lou, who do you want to be, man? Dude, growing up, I always wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Wow, all right. You know, you know, for, but for different reasons. Like, I like him because, um, you know, he grows into his power, you know. Um, they find him in this back, you know, world, you know, and he's discovered. He doesn't know he's a, he's a Jedi. He has no idea what it is, you know, and then he just grows into his role, you know. Plus, I mean, fighting with a lightsaber, come on. And that's the whole deal, being a Jedi, is that lightsaber. But in the books, when you go on, it's more than that, obviously, you know. But, um, yeah, I would want to be Luke. Just to well, be- as this is a book podcast, <laughs> what about it? In the, what about him in the continuing books? Where did you did you like like he and Mara Jade do the whole thing and like you know, dude, yeah, he's a bad he's a badass in this book. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, my favorite scene was he's completely captured. You know, the the Empire they're in that world, right? And he has no. He, he he's lost his ability to use the force, and he still somehow, some way, escapes and does a lot of damage to the empire. Yeah, you know, yeah. without the use of the force. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just because you know, as a Jedi master, not only are you can you you master the force but you obviously you obviously know other things you know you know the art of war you know you know everything so i would definitely want to be a jedi definitely want to be a jedi can i bring up you want to bring a jedi you want to be a jedi sorry i'm like i'm i want to talk about me stuff okay go ahead bring it on (laughs) well can it so i was looking through my notes for this book and like thrawn you know the the Mm -hmm. um the evil new emperor sort of guy like i had this wonderful note and i was like yes yes that's exactly it and he's like an evil sherlock holmes like not even a moriarty just straight up sherlock he's cold he's calculating he's very um like disconnected from human feelings and i was like this guy's pretty cool but he's not human oh guess what who hasn't read that tell me more about that he's chiss which is okay. a world, which is a which is a new race, right? That hasn't been introduced in any of the first movies, right? Ah. Yeah, it's a new race. Is, isn't he blue? Yes, he's well. He's yeah, he's blue yeah, with red blue eyes. With red eyes. Everybody's everybody's human in the Star Wars universe, no matter what their skin color is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So I like Thrawn. Two notes for the author I'd like to offer. The thing that was so amazing about Darth Vader and so amazing about the Emperor is they were mysterious. You didn't know what they were thinking. You didn't know much about them. They were just a cipher, a black hole of, of darkness that were, was like, what? This guy talks too much. <laughs> he says what he thinks. So then you have an insight into him, and maybe that's a flaw of a book, or not a flaw, but a a, a characteristic of a book. But he would explain, like, oh, you you know, I I understand their art, therefore I understand them, and here's why, and boom, boom, boom. And you're like, all right, 
Joseph Campbell, evil Joseph Campbell. Uh, but then you kind of get to know him. Whereas Darth Vader, they made three movies so you could learn about him. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe, I don't know how you do it in a book where you keep him mysterious, but he revealed too much. That was my one note. The other is, if he's such a mastermind, in the, in the very beginning he foiled, he did something unexpected and was able to um, win that space war. And then I feel like his plans got foiled pretty much consistently after that. I actually had the same thought. I don't know if that's like the, my thought on that is it may just be a tool of the writing. And I I'd want to see where it goes after that, if that makes sense, because Thrawn, he was constantly like, I expected that, but he kept getting his plans sidelined and the heroes kept like outsmarting him. And then he would say, Oh, well that actually makes perfect sense given what I know about them. Um, so Lou, any insights into the next books and like, does he, does he score some big ones? He scores some big ones. Oh, nice. Nice. You want to continue reading because if you, you you know, Star Wars has this way of you are absolutely have lost almost everything. How can they win? Somehow, <laughs> somehow they win, right? But at a great loss, you know. Mm. And he keeps he keeps with that. So this book is literally an introduction to the universe, right? This this whole world, and there's three books in the series. The second, and if you remember, The Empire Strikes Back. Right, because those are the ones that have the big, most hard-hitting reveals. Luke lost his hand. I cried like a baby when Luke lost his hand. I was also seven, but like, yeah. (laughs) You know, and it follows that way, you know. Mm -hmm. And, of course, in the the last book, it's kind of like The Return of the Jedi. Okay. You know, and then it goes further than that, and it gets dark, and to me... The Star Wars Legends, the books, the story in that is way better than the canon movies. Immensely better. Aw, I love it. Yeah, and you know, and George Lucas regretted his decision. Which one? To sell to sell his to, to sell to Disney. You know, mm-hmm. he was like, ah, you know, he kind of regretted it because he had given the okay for Zahn and all the other authors to expand on this universe, you know? And there's so many books and so many series. And this is the very first one in those in those series. And I, I mean, I'm almost, you know, I mean, it's like, what, 17 years later, and I still have some books that I, I have to finish. Mm-hmm. So if you were to... If Disney were to have bought it and gone from the series instead of making their own, would you have the would you think the best choice would to have been started with Heir to the Empire? Because it yes. is Okay. Yes. You start with Heir to the Empire. And mm-hmm. then you go you go from there. Now in the in the legends, they also have prequels. And their prequels they go really in depth into the Sith into Jedi lore, you know, and they go way back, you know, to the beginning of the Jedi, 
you know, mm-hmm. the beginning of the force and you find out all these things where, you know, who Luke, Luke's mom was and expansion of the universe. Mm-hmm. It's cool. amazing. Yeah. Dig it. Yeah. So, and they're not, and they're not hard reads. You know, this book was pretty easy read. It flowed. It's yeah, not a hard read. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, all a quick, them, it's a quick burn. Yeah. And all of them are like that. All of them <laughs> so, are so Lou, you're you've gone in deep on the land of of Star Wars, right? Yeah. You're you're but you don't consider yourself an expert, right? Yeah. And you still even got like a lot left to go. <laughs> I have like six more books to read. Yeah, you so don't I'm consider no... yourself an expert, Lou? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no. I'll okay. tell you, I, t- I tell you why. Because there are people who you know they go to these conventions and you know they dress up and as you know as Emma Thorne and I, and they know everything about that. You know, I just enjoy the story. Okay. I don't go. Good. That's a good seg. That's a good segue to where I want to go, which is those people. They're a small per- percentage of the population. Right. And I have many then there's friends. be careful. <laughs> I have many friends in that population. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bagging on them. Uh, okay. And then you have the, next layer of star wars enthusiasts which are like at your level lou and then the next layer is like probably josh and maureen's level which is uh probably josh before maureen because he likes the prequels and then you maureen and josh read the watch the cartoon and then you maureen who's just like have been to the amusement park which you're going to give us a, a an update on and you to star wars land you just got back last week and then there's people like me who just like grew up with it, thought about it, loved it, but didn't read the books and didn't like the prequels because it kind of soiled something that they grew up with and loved. And we're of us, we're, we're older, right? And then there's a younger generation, not sure how they feel about it. But Star Wars has been around a long time. So here's my question Is there. An artwork, a universe, an alternate universe, or an artwork that is more ubiquitous, more everywhere, all the time, everything, than Star Wars in the last 50 years. Marvel. Harry Potter. Uh-huh. Harry Potter. Harry Marvel. Potter changed Harry Potter changed so many things um because I was teaching as the Harry Potter books were coming out and so was I I also was really yeah middle we school have, we gotta check I was I, I was teaching high school <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we gotta check that we should. um the like do so did you notice this like kids when I started teaching were not reading yes and exactly. then Yes. And then the Harry Potter books started coming out and all of a sudden kids were reading again and novels, like big, heavy novels. Yes. Hardback, it has, thick novels. Yes. It changed absolutely everything. Like it, it was it was it cool was, to read. It was OK to read. Yeah. And it was bizarre to watch it happen. Like like it was in all of a sudden every single kid was talking about Harry Potter all the time. It's not a, it, it wasn't a TV show. It wasn't a movie. It wasn't a song. It was a book. It was a book. It was a book. And it changed the landscape. Like, it was crazy to watch. Yeah, like, it was awesome. It was, okay, was it so, the first fan events? Because I remember going to midnight release parties for the books when, like, book five came out, you know? 
And I yeah. think those were the first big like midnight release fan events. It wasn't even for movies. It was originally for the Harry Potter books. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Yep. So Lou, your first thought was Marvel. And Marvel's not not as old, right? And the comic books, like I was not into comic books as a kid, but I had a friend that was. And his parents fought and eventually got divorced and broken home. And he had a secret crawl space in the back of his closet that was carpeted. And he kept all of his comics back there with a flashlight. And I, even as a little kid, romanticized about like I should – you know, and he had certain comics that were in a in plastic, you know, like Spider-Man three and Superman two. You know, he didn't have like Spider-Man one or Super, Superman one, but he was going to get them someday. Right. And I'm sure that guy has if he's had a successful career and could afford, you know, Wolverine one, he's went out and bought it. Right. And completed his collection. And it's kind of a sad story, but it was also an escape for him. You know, I mean, he probably hates the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But for me, aside from that one experience as a kid, comics were not a part of my life. And then the movie Iron Man came out. And I liked the Batman movies, but Iron Man was different for me because it opened up and it was clear by the way they closed their movies. There were more, more were coming and they were building out a universe. And Jenny and I have seen all of the movies in order. And we totally, totally like them. And for me, I think Marvel is more everywhere, all the time, everything, than Star Wars ever was. And certainly more than Harry Potter or Game of Thrones or iPhones or iPads or any any technology, which also can get kind of everywhere. So I just wanted to see, like, what do you guys think? Like, Maureen, you, Maureen and Josh, you went, for you, it's, you might think it's Harry Potter. I think it's Marvel. I think what do you- I, I definitely think it's Marvel. But, you know, when I think I moved to the United States in 1981, right? I didn't get introduced to Star Wars until probably 1984, 85, when they came out in regular TV, right? But as a kid, everybody had, you know, the toys, they the yeah, lightsabers, sure. you know, everybody, you know, so, you know, I was, you know, a little African kid running around and I'm like, what are you guys playing with? Oh, you weren't is... ever really little, Lou. <laughs> Actually, no. You were just like an African kid who was like a foot taller than everybody else, but continue. Okay. I was really interested what kind of toys they had and I didn't have those toys, you know, and um, I was kind of a kid played outside but my dad forced us to read you know those were the movies that would you know we watched on like channel five or whatever when it came out and i was just enthralled you know but everywhere you turned if you were a kid in the 80s star wars was there Mm. everywhere you turned and it's just kind of like marvel now right i look at my my nephew he loves spider-man and he loves black panther and when he when me and him are playing he's like i'm spider-man i'm 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 black panther he goes i'm black panther i'm you know and so he he gets confused who he wants to be you know i like to confuse him a little bit you know but um (laughs) i think marvel because they come out of you know from movies you know from comics but uh the movies really 
they've really taken over. I mean, everywhere you turn, everything yep. is Marvel. Yeah, if we, all, if we look all, at where – if, if we look at like when Marvel entered the scene and the activity that that's generated and, and line up what Star Wars has done since Marvel came out, Marvel has crushed them on content. Yes. I mean, Star Wars has been three, five, five movies, maybe well, or four, and and Marvel has put all out of the, all movies. of the Star Wars movies and yeah. all of the Star Wars videos or cartoons from the beginning in 1975 to present, and then you say, okay, let's compare that to whatever Marvel was 2008 to present. Marvel's still ahead. Marvel's still ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would judge it based on content creation, though, you know, because the thing is, is I don't think that anything and I, I think I may fight for this. I don't think anything has had the lasting impact that so, Harry Potter has had. Oh, I think Star Wars outdoes Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah I don't think Star think Wars this. is going to be around in 50 years. I think Harry Potter will. That's a tough call. I don't know about that's that. Tough. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Disney, when, for Disney my Star Wars. They're going to make it For happen. my fifth birthday party, my dad went down to the Uptown in D.C. and stood in line and bought tickets for everyone for my fifth birthday party mm-hmm. to Star Wars, right? I had never heard of it, okay? And no one coming to my party had ever heard of it. It was a different, <laughs> different thing. Marketing was not what it is today. Exactly. Right. And so we went to Star Wars and got our hair blown back. Right. After that, everything, every birthday or Christmas, I wanted Star Wars action figures. I had a Star Wars lunchbox. You know, I thought about Star Wars. They didn't release their next movie till 1979. Mm-hmm. Today, if they if a company had that much success, I mean, if a company puts out a moderately successful piece of content, in 18 months, they've got something following it. Back then, it was four years between movies. Yes. So if they had followed that the new Marvel model, which they couldn't have, they're, you know, it's a different universe, different world we lived in, who knows where Star Wars would be? It could have flamed out, right? It, Marvel is lucky that it has a lot of characters. And 50 years of content to pull from Harry Potter. I don't just don't know. I don't feel as connected to Harry Potter. I was older when it came out. I never re- I haven't read any of the books. I saw the first couple of movies and I really liked them. I went to Oxford, did like the Harry Potter tour where some of the, you know, the school is based off of. But I've never personally been as connected to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it you doesn't know, I- seem everywhere to me. Harry Potter kind of came into the scene at, a little bit before the prequels started generating a lot of interest. What I observed, at least in the middle schoolers I was teaching, was that Harry Potter was more more exciting to them than the prequels. They, they were more interested in it. Um, so it could be it could be very much a generational thing, and right. something that you know we could say here today that um, our generation um, grew up with Star Wars, and so we've we've been there for the whole Star Wars timeline. And yeah. um, but it could be the kind of thing that I think that Maureen was getting at that, you know, the, the, the kids who were 20, 30 years younger than us, th- they're on the Harry Potter train. Mm-hmm. And and so th- they're going their generation has got got a timeline that hasn't even played out yet. Mm-hmm. 
And I think this might be a good time to give you guys a view of my Funko Pop Darth Vader. I love him. (laughs) My brother gave me him a couple years ago, and I love him. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for letting (laughs) me have that moment. There you go. All right. I'm going to do – I'll do some rapid-fire questions. Uh, It's called What's Bigger? So what's bigger, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Wars. Equal. What's big? Equal. Wow. Star Wars is is not as um, attracts a a narrower bandwidth of type of person. Star Trek. Star Wars does. No, Star Trek does. Star Star Trek Trek attracts a narrow bandwidth of person. I I I like Star Trek a lot, but um, I feel like Star Wars attracts a broader audience. I I watch Voyager with Harry. That's how much of a geek we are. Oh, I love it. That's great. Yeah. Okay. What's bigger, Star Wars? Or DC Comics. Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay. Star Star Wars or the show Friends when it was Star there. Wars. Star, Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay. Star Wars or Cheers. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars or or Mash. Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay, okay. You guys are getting getting louder with your answers. Star Wars <laughs> or the Super Bowl? Star Wars. Mm. <laughs> not That's everybody watches. The Super Bowl is once a year. Not everybody watches it. Yeah. And so my mom has started to watch the Super Bowl every year. So we forced her to. So. So. So here's the interesting thing. And it, I read I okay when the Force Awakens was coming out the third trailer for the for the Force Awakens was going to premiere at halftime on Super Bowl Sunday because that was the audience that they were not able that didn't have the rabid anticipation of it yet. You know, they released the first two trailers and you automatically have the, the, the fan followings and they're just like, yes, you know, but in order to boost their numbers, they released the third trailer at halftime on the Super Bowl. So it's interesting because due to the nature of that, I think we have to say star Wars because the cross section of Fans of the Super Bowl and fans of Star Wars, they took fans of the Super Bowl and brought them into their fold. I, I think it's not even close. Yeah. I think Star Wars, <laughs> I think that I think the Super Bowl is a much bigger deal. Probably. <laughs> That's my opinion. Okay. Star Wars or fantasy football? Star uh, Wars. Track. Star Wars. Star Trek. Wasn't even the question, but uh, <laughs> Star Trek okay. is bigger than fantasy football. Um, I I think fantasy football. I think fantasy football is 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 a very dominant thing in yes. in so many places. Agreed. And I think fantasy football might have the edge there, but I don't know because little kids are into Star Wars, moms are into Star Wars, and they might not be into. Uh, and lots of dudes aren't into fantasy football. Star Wars or the run-up to a president – cable news in the run-up to a presidential election? We live in D.C., so we're going to be biased. <laughs> 
So I'm going to say Star Wars. I don't think anybody pays uh, as much attention to politics as we do down here. I'm going to say Star Wars because I have so many more memories about Star Wars than I do presidential elections. It's the everywhereness of the cable news type Twitterati run up to an election versus Star Wars. And you guys are both feeling Star Wars. Lou, what do you feel? I'm going to say Star Wars because not everybody votes. So, so Jack, Jack, are you saying that like during the run up to an election, whatever that six months, nine months, you know, whatever. Yeah. It, it take that and take how much attention it's getting and put, put it that say in that same, same time frame, a new Star Wars movie. Oh, which, I, are you so, saying which, which one is, is going to get more Well, I guess I would say – I guess my answer would be the the, the ubiquitousness of the run-up to the election is denser and more concentrated, but it's only for you know three to six months tops, whereas Star Wars is always there. So yes. I think which one adds up to more zeitgeist? overall yeah. over the last 10 years and i think i think it's probably the run-up to presidential elections but not by much i don't know dude the the what star wars ticket releases crash fandango servers <laughs> you know true, true. Uh, i think that the the elections bring out a, a quality you know the polarization the anticipation downright the, the press the press <laughs> you know the press, press, press. and and that is a certain kind of quality of attention that's happening in the election i think that the quality of attention that happens when fandango's servers crash is enthusiasm about something um. people really love and so <laughs> to me it's it's a really different quality to, it, it's kind of it's hard to compare the two and say that one is more popular or more as one is generating more energy because they're very different kinds of energy. They are. They are. They are. Yeah. And the presidential elections, we've had Obama for two and now we're going to have Trump for two. Mm. And oh. that's that's different than Bush and Clinton or Gore. You know, <laughs> yeah, Gore and Bush. That's so different than Right. I mean, these are no matter what you think of them, um, they soak up all the oxygen for miles around wherever they are. So yeah, exactly. They could be different. So we'll see what the future holds. Back to the book. Did you guys notice anything about Star Wars that was in this book that was new to you? Yes. What do you got? Yeah. There were characters. Thrawn, his his captain, whatever his name was, Patan. What was his name? Palian. Palian. Who I like, and I'm hoping that he, he betrays Thrawn in the third book. The Mara girl, what's her name? Mara Jade. Mara Jade. Yeah. yeah, she's new and interesting, and I don't know if we've had her yet. I have that Wookiees have claws. Oh, yeah, Wookiees have claws. <laughs> Wookiees have claws. I didn't know that. And you never see Chewbacca just slicing somebody open with the claws. He just always clubs oh. them. You know, yeah, but wouldn't Wookiees wouldn't Wookiees be different so true. if they were burying these claws and slicing through the various <laughs> creatures? It would be so like I think it'd be awesome to see you know, the, the Wookiee that's kind of you know this gentle giant become this like <laughs> mad creature. <laughs> so I don't 
I don't want Wookiees to have claws. Ah, oh, but can good. you imagine how fun it would be to like have a Wookiee cooking show? <laughs> Because <laughs> they're trying to make stuff and they can't hold it. <laughs> that's something yes. for Saturday Night Live right there. Yeah, that's good. Oh my god. I got guys, I know uh, what my next job is gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Just see all the Wookiees going as they try to let <laughs> Getting so frustrated. Yeah. on the apron and just comes back shredded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who who would win in a fight? Josh, you're in the octagon. You're caged in. You can't escape. You have no weapons. You versus one Ewok. Me, I win. I win. Okay. It hurts to win you, that battle, but I do. Right. <laughs> just as you as you kick an Ewok in the face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you versus a German Shepherd. Oh, that's a tougher call, man. Those German Shepherds. Yeah, yeah, tense. I agree. I agree. German Shepherd versus Ewok. You must feel that it's German, German Shepherd. shepherd. Yeah. Okay, two Ewoks versus you, Josh. Um, I think I can take two Ewoks. They three look like Ewoks. they're really lightweight to me. Hi, do they, if they have weapons, three might three might be able to. No, but we're in the no octagon. We're in the octagon. You're in the octagon. Ewoks had mouths with teeth. They look like – and they were about to boil a bunch of humans if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, they're carnivores for yeah. sure. Yeah, so three three might be a challenge. I don't know. All right. Maureen, how, how many Ewoks to take you down? Have I eaten? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're the octagon, so you've totally prepared. I'm, if I'm you're well prepared. fed – if yeah. I'm well fed, they could take me down right away. If I'm hungry, <laughs> I could probably take down four. Not like, because you want to eat the Ewoks, but just because Maureen just because can't I'm be angry. hungry. More, okay, yes. Angry. Or if it's okay. before I've had my morning coffee. If it's before I've had my morning coffee, I could do mm-hmm. 12. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, Lou, how many Ewoks to take you out? You know, Ewoks are stronger than they, than they look or they were portrayed in the movie. Uh, I would say three. Okay. I think Luke could take it on five. I think you're under. I think you could. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think five. You could, you could just... <laughs> They're stronger than you think. I don't know, man. But you... I think you might well, You might be too busy petting them, Lou. <laughs> I, 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 I would have befriended them. I love Ewok. Right. I mean, why would you want to fight an Ewok? I think I could take out three Ewoks. Mm-hmm. Three? Yeah. How would you do mm-hmm. that? I would focus on one and eliminate it and let the other two Ewoks hurt me as much as they can during that period and then turn and focus on the next one and then turn and focus on the last one. And by the time I got to the last one, I might be in very bad shape. I might have some blood loss. My focus would be not to get myself, allow myself to be put on the ground. And so even if I had to lumber and be slow, I think I could take out the first one relatively quickly. You know, because you you kick it over and over again. <laughs> you know, and then okay. you kick it why, out of the octagon. Why would you want to be so violent with Ewoks? I don't. I just want to know how many it takes to take you down, dude. <laughs> and here's the thing: what if the so Ewoks have wicky claws? Could you could you still do three? They do have claws and teeth. Do have claws. But what yep. if they have wicky claws? Oh, Wookiee Claws? No, then I've got blood loss problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or what if they get you hamstrung or Achilles or, you know, what if they go for those tender, tender ligaments? They could get, they could then, I could lose. I'd have to, right. I'd have to factor that in. 
I think one Ewok with a set of Wookiee claws could probably do me in. How about Jawas? How many Jawas to take you down? And what does a Jawa look like without a hood? (laughs) (laughs) One. One. (laughs) One Jawa for you? Yeah. All right. I got another... I got another question for you guys. At the end of of Return of the Jedi, Han and Luke get medals. Princess Leia adorns them with medals. And in the background, just to the side, cheering for his friends is the Wookiee. But he doesn't get a medal. What do you guys think about that? I think because Wookiees are like... You know, they were a they were enslaved and they were completely mm-hmm. they, were, they were broken, you know, and um, I think she just wasn't thinking or nobody I was, I, oh, no I one was too. thinking. I think, they, you know, they just weren't thinking, you know. And what what would the the left wing do on Twitter if, you know, like immediately following the fact that she did not get. She should not give a, an award to the ins- recently freed enslaved Wookiees. Well, so here's the thing. What if Wookiees are like Klingons and they like that kind of an award ceremony, if it's coming from another race, would be dishonorable to them? Like what mm. if what if it was actually the Wookiee that turned down the medal? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And they are so kind of much like, better. They are kind of like Klingons because mm-hmm. in the book when they went back to Chewie's world. Mm-hmm. They started fighting each other. What what we thought, what Leia thought was, oh my God, they're fighting each other, was actually greeting. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Maybe yeah, we've good solved job. this good problem. Call. I really hope you have. I really hope you have. All right. <laughs> Who shot first, Han Solo or Guido, and does it make a difference? Yes. And it's Han. <laughs> so, yeah, well, Han shot I'll first because Guido Guido's the one who got shot, so Han shot first. Isn't it? Isn't it Greedo? Am I Greedo? wrong about Greedo? that? Greedo, Greedo. G R G R E E D O. I think I had I had. I think a, that other uh, word is a nasty term. Greedo. <laughs> well, I had a Greedo. I had a Greedo. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Up, little Greedo, 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 whatever you call it. You think who who said it was definitely Greedo? Me. No, no, not me. I said it was Han. Han shot first. Does everyone think Han shot first? I don't remember. I think okay. he did because because he, he didn't get shot. Guido did. Or Guido. Yeah, but he could draw faster. It was the Wild West. Oh, so who drew – to me – so is the question who shot first or who ah, drew who first? Who drew first. Good call. Good call. Who drew first? Han. Oh, he was yeah. setting himself up under the table. Yeah. So was it defense or was it offense? Defense. I don't think that it matters. <laughs> well, because the thing is, I think it's important for his character, um, character development that like that he really is like the what is it? The bad boy, you know, that bad boy archetype where it's like, you know, don't care. um, like I'm, a, I, the rules don't apply to me. I can do whatever I want. That kind of archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know? and I think that most wisely is a place where you can do that. Well, did we get anything from reading this book that we didn't get from the movies? 
And we get we get a continuation of the timeline after episode six. But did you get any experience about Star Wars that you that you just hadn't had or or didn't get for the movies? I don't know. I really liked the animals that cut people off from the Force. I oh, forget their yeah. names at the moment. Yeah. But those so like I just or whatever. Yeah, I thought that that introduced um, a whole new, uh, like like Lou was saying earlier, a whole new set of um, problems that had to be circumvented, you know, and you can't rely on your most powerful sense. And all of a sudden you're you're just sit there and it's like, are you worth anything without, you know, your magic? I liked that. That was an important device for Thrawn because, pro- the you know, the Empire – uh prior had been run by sith and so they had force to counteract the jedi force and now thrawn has no force he doesn't have he he does find that old jedi who wants to do you know but but he doesn't have force and so the islamers gave kind of neutralized the fact that the empire didn't have sith to help them wait i got to ask lou an important question go ahead Lou, did he find an old Jedi or was Kaboth a clone? He's a clone. Oh, that's so cool. Weird, Weird that a clone could have the Force. Oh, I know. That's another well, thing clo- that I was like. that. clone a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he clone a Jedi. And it's in the book, you, you know. Um, the midi-chlorians cut- go with it. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it to be and nice. He's, okay. And he's one of the earlier clones. Oh, you know, that's cool. It, was, it, was, it wasn't perfected, you know? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So is more, it, there's more a, to be revealed he's there. A bit, he's a bit insane, if mm. you can tell. Like, no, that was revealed in, the, in this, in this oh, book. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know how – Yeah, he wasn't all there in this book. He's not all there. Hey, look, we're going to take a break here. Let's have a word from our sponsor for Episode 8, and when we return, we'll do Hollywood, but a little differently. This episode has been brought to you by – Dark Penumbra. There are three elements to casting spells. Intention, magic words, and the freshest, best ingredients. Dark Penumbra is the leading global provider of fresh ingredients for magical potions, brews, elixirs, and other concoctions you can craft right in the convenience of your own home. Dark Penumbra aims to provide each and every household they serve with the opportunity to enjoy top-notch magical ingredients with no shopping and just minimal prep. Everything required for weekly spellcasting is carefully planned, locally sourced, and delivered to the front door of each subscriber at the time most convenient to them. Dark Penumbra's subscription-based business model has changed the way witches, warlocks, and covens shop, prepare, and utilize magical ingredients. In 1694, a year after the Salem Witch Trials, Dark Penumbra understood that a new model for delivering the best spell ingredients was needed. For hundreds of years, procuring the items you needed to practice the dark arts took place in the shadows. Not anymore. Dark Penumbra brings the darkness into the light and delivers it right to your front door. Nowadays, anyone can have access to the best ingredients, along with simple, step-by-step instructions on how to spell cast. Dark Penumbra delivers 3.7 million spell kits called Satchets to over 1.1 million different practitioners weekly. No matter where you're located, they deliver. Gingerbread houses, caves, cottages, shacks, hovels, boarded up, old houses, swamps, and even castles. Dark Penumbra's philosophy is simple. 
They're passionate that every necromancer, enchantress, and conjurer should be able to craft magics for themselves, their coven, and their community using only the best ingredients. Ever since the Salem Witch Trials, it has been hard to procure the best ingredients at a reasonable cost without incredible inconvenience. That has all changed. Black Penumbra. It's fast and easy. Their high priestesses recipes include quick one cauldron tinctures, which are all top rated customer favorites, all sent right to your front door. Following their step by step instructions, you'll experience the magic of high quality, affordable, convenient spellcraft that's right for you with step by step instructions. So you never miss a spell responsibly sourced quality ingredients this week. They are sending out a prophecy conjuration potion. Fascinating. This week's sachet contains a poisoned toad, fillet of any snake, eye of newt, toe of frog, wool of bat, adder's fork. That's a snake's tongue for those who don't know any better. I didn't know until I got it in the mail this week. Blind worm, leg of lizard, scale of dragon, tooth of wolf, witch's mummy, maul and guff of salt sea shark hemlock root, and a little slip of you. All the ingredients you need to accurately prophesize the future. No getting your ratios wrong, no cleanup, no guessing games, no looking for hard to find or dangerous ingredients. Think of it. Where can the average, ordinary, everyday necromancer find fresh adder's tongue in North America? The common adder, which is highly venomous, is indigenous to Europe and West Asia. Without dark penumbra, doing the heavy lifting, where are you going to find that? especially if you have a day job like me. You're not. It's just too hard. That's not all. Along with each sachet of ingredients and step-by-step recipe guide, Dark Penumbra also sends you instructions on what to say and when to say it. Oh, and by the way, they provide phonetic spelling so you just know how to pronounce the magic words. The only thing you need to bring to the equa- into the equation is your intention. Dark Penumbra handles everything else. Their huge recipe selection wows week after week. Each sachet starts at only $14.99, but you can cancel anytime. Skipping weeks or canceling is super easy. Go to Dark Penumbra at www.booksfromearth.com backslash Dark Penumbra. Enter our code at checkout. That's BFE for your first week free. Tell them Books From Earth sent you. Now, back to the pod. Welcome to Hollywood, everybody. Here we are. And you know what? We're not going to do casting today because all the movies have already been cast. So we don't know who to do. But what we can do is we've been asked by Disney what other Star Wars movies need to be made. And so we get to simply come up with some Star Wars movies that haven't been made yet that we would like to see. I don't know what you have in mind, but there, there is the um, Clone Wars and in the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan and Anakin go around kicking some butt, and along with a bunch of other Jedi. I would love to just see some Jedi butt-kicking movies. I watch action movies all the time. I know who the good guys are, there's, and there's the bad guys. I know the good guys are going to win, and I know it's going to – there's going to be a, a journey along the way. You're not going to be sure. I would just love to see Anakin and Obi-Wan just going around kicking some butt you know, and at the end just triumphing as – as uh, Jedi. 
I have a hard time with this because I think Rogue One is the movie that I wanted. It closed the um the Death Star like it was that was the movie that I wanted. Like, how did they get the Death Star plans? How did that happen? Like, what happened to those people? So that I I have to say that at least for me personally, the movie that I wanted was made. Nice. Me, not me. I, I I'm telling you. <laughs> If you, um, read, if you read further in this books, right, there is one series that has to be made, okay? And it's um, – I'm trying to find it. Um, it it's got it's – about, there's about seven books in this series, okay? And it actually takes time – it takes place, you know, probably 20 years after um, Return of the Jedi, you know, and it is one of the one of the, I would say one of the best series I've ever read. Because this, so this, this is a Star Wars series that takes place Star twenty Wars years series. after Return of the Jedi, and yep. you think that it, it should be turned into a movie? Oh, easily, and it, and this is where Star Wars can really rival Marvel, right? If they go into this story, into this universe, into the Legends universe, they could rival Marvel. Easily, easily. That's how good the story is. I do you would remember go, what? Do, do you remember what it was? Do you remember what it was about? Was it? Did it involve Luke? Did it involve? It involved Luke. The twins are older. It, it involves the dark side, and it, and it involves another reptilian race. Ooh. Okay. Pretty cool. I don't want to spoil everything for you. And they're, yeah. vicious, and they're vicious, and nice. it's 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 about nine books in the series, and you think that all is lost, and every book is like that. All is lost. Oh my god. All is lost. Oh my god. You know, something happens. All is lost, and then the last books, it's like, and actually, I, I in that series, I cried. Wow. Yeah. I was all by myself. Maybe I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you why I cried. It's unbelievable. That's why I'm saying they have a gold mine. Disney does have a gold mine in these Star Wars. It, you know, in 20 years, when everybody's forgotten about these movies, <laughs> they will go back to the story. I'd, I'd like to read those books. Maybe do one of them for the podcast. It sounds pretty interesting. Yes, I would. Is. I would like to see a, maybe a Yoda origin. Ooh, um, that would be fun. Because he's a mystery and he's super old, and we don't know who trained him. You know, um, so we don't know how he learned a lightsaber. So there just might be a fun Yoda origin story there. Um, and my my last one is what about a Wookiee only movie? So there'd be no English speaking words, and it would just be <laughs> <laughs> with subtitles. <laughs> would it? But would it be eligible for best foreign translation film? Yes, right, right, of course. <laughs> we could I, get I think, Star Wars in a new category. <laughs> I, I I would like to learn about Boba Fett, and I don't want a ton of special effects in the story. Boba Fett was always so fascinating to me. He was only in a couple scenes, really, but, you know, he was so scary with his crossbow-like thing, or with his weapon that looked different than everyone else's, and he was always a little bit beat up. And I, I would want it to be gritty. World War One esque type Boba Fett stuff. What made this book special? I think 
it made it special because, uh, at least for me, it's a, it was an expansion of the Star Wars universe. You know, it was like everything ended at that time uh, with Return of the Jedi. And there were still so many questions, you know. And then all of a sudden, this book comes out, you know. And that itself is special, you know, at the time. For me, I'm going to say it's not about the book. It's about it is me venturing into Star Wars lore in a new way. For me, it was um, being able to watch Leia's character development as she starts become like exploring her Jedi capabilities and like all everything that was going on with that and just the neatness of watching from another side like a Jedi start being trained instead of just the the outside perspective that you get when you watch Luke being trained, you get the inside perspective with Leia being trained. And I thought that that was super neat. For me, what makes this book special is that Luke, Han, Leia, and Lando have a way of just being at the right place at the right time by accident, by coincidence, by fate, or is it something bigger? Is the force here in the background at play you know, moving them around and maneuvering them to be in place to thwart Thrawn's next step in his plan. And so I like seeing how those folks interacted as more of a team rather than folks who had just been cast in together in, in a difficult situation and had to make do. In this book, they had matured. You could tell they already shared um, uh, a real bond amongst themselves that uh, – carried carried throughout the story by the way i never got to say what character i would be it would have been obi-wan kenobi i'm just throwing that out there oh i nice. like it yeah nice he, he, i feel like he just got all the best of the jedi he didn't have to do the whole you're my father ah thing he didn't have to he didn't get gunned down like quite Jinn did you know anyway <sighs> episode eight featuring heir to the empire by timothy zahn has come to an end we'd like to thank Dark Penumbra, whose generous funding made this episode possible. Dark Penumbra, providing each and every household with the opportunity to enjoy top-notch magical ingredients with no shopping and just minimal prep. You can find more information about Dark Penumbra at booksfromearth.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, rate us, or visit our website, booksfromearth.com. Earth makes great books. Come relive them with us. So long and until next time, all you nerf herders, this is Josh, Maureen, Jack, and Lou signing off. What's a nerf herder? I don't know. It's what it's what um, Han calls people when they're being problematic. <laughs> <laughs>